0: If we're still talking, that means there's more World Series to play. Even though we're going to be talking and covering baseball beyond the World Series, we got more games, thank God. I'm joined by Aram Layton. It is Tuesday, November 2nd, and Aram is in Houston, Texas. For tonight's game, what's up, dude?
1: I'm in Houston, Texas, man. I mean, it was uh, was a bit of a trip. You you don't realize, you know, how far it is it was like four hours and change from new york but it's like hour to the airport hour to where i am in houston but the whole time all i was thinking about was just like holy crap i'm going to game six yeah couldn't care less about the the duration of the travel I, i'm so excited man it, it's gonna be so much fun i haven't been to a world series since 2008 uh when i went with my dad to raise phillies it was rain delayed until 10 p.m and finished at two in the morning uh Obviously, that can't happen at minute eight. So I'm excited. I know I'm going to start on time. I know everything's going to be normal weather wise. And uh, we got a ball game to, to talk about
0: here. We got to talk about game five. We're going to recap the entire game for you as well as preview game six. But before, let's, I mean, let's talk a little bit of travel because you have some pet peeves. I have, I went to Syracuse University, grew up in Santa Barbara, California. I have made the trek from Santa Barbara to Syracuse to all over the country. I hate it. But Fine. you actually had an interesting pet peeve. It wasn't the people clapping, which I know everybody hates. It was a different one.
1: I hate the clapping, but I think that's yes. like, that's just widely accepted at this point. But the one thing that that just gets me, and Rinds I know, what do you, what do you want them to say? Like, well, I know people are going to say that, but when the, every single time the pilots like sit back, relax and, and enjoy the flight. <laughs> Don't enjoy the freaking flight, bro. Who the hell is sitting there just like, let's go, baby. It's a roller coaster. I'm going to take off. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of this thing. Like, I tolerate the flight. That's what I was saying to you. Like, I tolerate it. I know it doesn't sound right. Like, sit back, relax, and tolerate the flight. But when I go through the MRI machine, which sucks, by the way, they're not like, oh, enjoy the, the MRI. It's not enjoyable. It's a necessary means to find out what's wrong with my body. Just like flying is a necessary means to, find, to get to where I need to go. But like, let's not pretend it's enjoyable. I, I just, that every time they say that, I'm like, I'm miserable right now. And it just reminded me how miserable I am.
0: But I guess I, tr- I was just trying to rack my brain. I was like, yeah, we can talk negative about airlines all day. Can we think about anything positive? And while you were talking, I was like, well, I'm not gonna just turn that question on him because I couldn't even answer it. I don't no. know anything positive. That's why I'm so excited for the Hyperloop when we can go from LA to San Francisco in an hour by this tube train. When is that when is we, that when do we get thing? that? Is that a thing? That's a thing. My friend is working on it down in San Diego right now, the hyperloop. I he says he's estimating like 10 years we will have this train that's taking you from LA to San Francisco. And if you didn't know, LA to San Francisco is about what is it? It's about eight-hour drive. That's fine. Hyperloop gets you there in 45 minutes. So Holy crap. Future.
1: that's like that's like North Carolina to almost new york i feel like or something like that i, I don't have the map in front of me but that's pretty far like that's multiple states than any other part of the country
0: yeah that's the thing about california it's like 2. i mean it's the size of most of the east coast i'm in for a hyperloop. i don't
1: mind trains as much it's like the whole process of flying just just sucks
0: i know i it's just fun. want to hop on the train i don't want to deal with any of that but we gotta talk game five yes so, the houston astros They've won a World Series 2017-2019. The Braves haven't won one since 1995, and they were trying to close it out, but the Astros won 9-5, to and they kind of broke it open. I felt like that fifth inning, I mean, we could start with in the first inning when Adam Duvall hit the Grand Slam, and I felt that the series was over. I mean, I had so much confidence in the Astros moving forward, but when they hit the home run, I said to myself, all right, series over but the Astros just won't quit. The offense is too good. And they end up winning the game nine to five.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. I had that moment where I was like, Oh man, I looked at, I looked at my roommate and I was like, this, this game, this game might be over. But then I also was thinking about it. And as, as a few minutes passed, I'm like, that just happened in the first inning. You basically just gave the Astros offense a target and said, you've got, 27 outs to get there or I guess it would be 24 outs at that point to get there that was I think what they needed their offense had really just stalled out zero zero game of course you're always just trying to pile on runs you're trying to win ball games but at that point, you're down four zip. You're not wasting a single at bat, even the second inning. You're like, we got to chip away, chip away, chip away. And I think they saw that four spot and they were like, we got to chip away at this. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, the at bats were great. Uh, you know, they didn't they, they didn't take any time after that. They broke through with two in the second. They broke through with two more in the third. And and that was it. So I felt like the, it just almost gave them some urgency because they realized, oh, crap, we're, we're down four and, and it's over if we don't score here. And instead, I feel like sometimes when it's 0-0, it, you go through the motions, you blink, and it's the seventh inning, and you're like, oh, man. Uh, but they didn't have a chance to do that there, and, and I think it was honestly a good thing for them.
0: And speaking to that urgency, I felt like we saw that in the lineup construction, right? Carlos Correa moves down to the three-hole, Alex Bregman moves down to the seventh. Going into the game, I think Alex Bregman was slugging 71 if I read that stat correctly. And, and they were t- Heidi Watney was talking with Alex Bregman after the game. And she asked him, what have you been doing to, you know, get better? And he's like, I've just been hitting nonstop in the cages. Cause my top hand is terrible. So it was good to see him in game five, mash one to right center field for that double get hit the ball the other way, get that top hand on top. So, and then Carlos Correa, a guy who we had, I had personally as my MVP of the series, I know you did too. He's been hitting, what, five, six, seven, and then he finally got the jump to the three-hole, and he goes three for five with a couple extra base hits and really, you know, commanded the game for the Astros. I was just, I was impressed with Dusty, Dusty Baker, the head coach of the Astros, being okay with switching around the lineup when he knew he had to win. And also, Jordan Alvarez is one for 16 in this series. He's hit cleanup every single game. Will we see him hitting fourth? in game six?
1: Yeah. You know, it's a good question because Alvarez is still one of your guys in this whole postseason. season. I mean, he's been hitting as well as anybody, but you know, you're playing for your life. Now you lose, it's over and, and you've got to put your best chips forward. And in this instance, it was moving Bregman down, which I funny enough had tweeted out earlier uh, the, the day before, I think the Astros should look into moving Bregman down here. Like he needs he to be do that moved down. And funny enough, they did it, and and I was glad they did because Bregman's a vet. You know, if if he, if it's Alvarez, it's a little different. You don't want to you know stifle their confidence or or get in their head a little bit. I think Alvarez can handle it. He he knows what kind of hitter he is. But Bregman, Correa, those guys are vets. I I don't think they care where they are in the lineup. So if it helps them at this point, then it helps them at this point. And I think that was exactly what Bregman needed. You mentioned going the other way. You can't go the other way the way he did without that top hand being awake and that swing may represent a little bit more for him, knowing that he could do that. You know, if he yanks one down the line, that might not make him feel good because that's not what his issue was. If he yanked a curveball that was hung on the inner half or whatever it is, he took a pitch the other way, got on top of it, and drove it hard. And that might have been the little little thing he needed to see to break through. So I'm interested to see how Bregman looks in the game tonight and see if he can build off of that. But I wonder what they're going to do with Jordan because it's left on left, In this outing now, we're we're going to have Max Fried versus Yordan. I know Yordan has pretty consistent splits, but at the end of the day, uh, almost every single player prefers a righty, unless you're Ichiro, prefers righty uh, on lefty. So I I wouldn't be surprised to see him move down. And you know what? Their lineup is so good. We always say, holy crap, Kyle Tucker's their seven hitter. You could mix and match anybody. Maybe Kyle Tucker moves up into that cleanup spot if they want to offset the lefties the way that they normally do. Should be interesting to see how Dusty uh, deploys that lineup. One other thing, too, I want to say about the game. When Martin Maldonado has three RBI, you're probably going to win the damn baseball game. Like that, That's the key for me. If Martin Maldonado drives in three runs, you're good. I, I'd be shocked if you lose. If you're the Astros offense with three RBI from Martin Maldonado.
0: See, I want to take you to a pivotal point in the fifth inning. So runners on second and third, Alex Bregman is up the Braves manager Brian Snicker elects to intentionally to walk him to face Martin Maldonado.
1: Oh yeah. I, I actually forgot about that. I'm so glad you brought that
0: up. I, I block, I literally disassociated. I thought that. it was such a pivotal game. Martin Maldonado goes down, goes up 2-0 in the count. Two balls, no strikes. Strike one. Maldonado's got his got his bat on his shoulder. He's not swinging AJ Minter, you've been one of the best relievers in the Braves. Bullpen, arm barn Armageddon, I like to call it. Armageddon's not catching on like Armbarn, but I'm gonna try and make it. Armageddon. Um, Martin Maldonado ends up walking. He even fake bunted. We knew he wasn't gonna string. Can you imagine Braves front office people, people in the dugout saying, AJ Minter, just throw it down the middle and we can get out of the inning? But then the Astros scored three in that inning. They took the lead seven to five, and then never look back. I thought that was a very pivotal point in the game and Braves couldn't get it done.
1: A hundred percent was a pivotal point. I legitimately removed it from my brain. And another one that I remember, I forgot what I said about that. I said that if you intentionally walk, the bases loaded just to subsequently walk the next batter, it should be punishable by life in prison. That's what I tweeted because to me, that's like the biggest baseball faux pas possible. Like, that's the worst thing you can do. I know that there's no way to know that your reliever is going to do that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it, let's not pretend that Minters, like Greg Maddox up there, he walked 20 batters in the regular season in 52 and a thirds innings. So why put him in that situation? At least pitch Bregman super carefully. I, I don't love the intentional walk. Bregman's a guy that's been slumping. Just trust that you're not going to leave one over the middle. Go breaking ball, go away from him, make him expand the zone. And then if he doesn't, put him on. But they didn't even bother there. They didn't even bother. And I guess it's because there was a runner on third. They didn't want to risk a pass ball. I get that. But you got to trust Travis Darno. I think just putting him on and going straight to Maldonado in theory makes sense. But you got to be really confident that you're going to throw strikes here. And it's the World Series on the road with the bases loaded. It's a lot of pressure to put on a pitcher. I know Bregman crushes lefties. It's one of those spots where, you know, it's just, it's tough because if, if he pitches to Bregman and Bregman gets a hit, we would have said Maldonado's on deck walking. So I understand both sides of it. I'm just not a big fan of handing them the intentional walk. See if he'll give you a strike. See if he expands his zone. Maybe he'll, he'll expand the zone and roll over one. Just at least. My only thing pitches, is I, I think
0: maybe they just want to limit those four pitches thrown. That could That's have been it. That's I, I see best. what you're saying though, but in, when I saw it happen, I said I thought that was a great move at the time. I mean, you got a hitter hitting. I was cool with it. Maybe two hundred. Can you get an out there with AJ Minter? But it's funny in this series now. Everyone's talking about AJ Minter with his 7.71 ERA in this series so far. Not saying he's a bad pitcher. Has run into bad luck, but still has not been that same lockdown guy. A guy I also want to shout out, Phil Maton, on the Astros. Yes. That fifth inning that I was talking about, he shoved. He shoved this Houston bullpen, dude, this Houston goddamn bullpen, 285 ERA during the playoffs. That's better than the Braves. It's better than everybody except the Giants, Dodgers, but they're out of it, so it doesn't even matter. This Houston bullpen is legit. Another guy. I don't know whether we'll see him in game six or game seven, but Jose Urquidy was effective again in his 14 pitches in his one inning. He is going to continue to be a factor. Jake Rizzi, another guy, continue to be a factor. Ryan Presley should be saved. Kendall Graveman, maybe not through 37 yeah. pitches. Drew Smiley will probably be the only Braves pitcher not available in game six after throwing 49 pitches.
1: That was the good part for the Braves was that Smiley was able to kind of just clean it up and, and finish it out. That. And preserve preserve the bullpen. They, you know they needed somebody that could go in there and just get the outs. At that point, it was still a close game uh, up until he gave up two more runs. Uh, but but it just didn't feel like they were going to climb back into it. And you look at the Astros side. Graveman threw thirty seven pitches, but he gets a day off. You have to wonder how the game flow is. I, I'm assuming you know the Astros are in the driver's seat. They're going to say, okay, don't don't touch Graveman. But if it's a one run game and you really got to force a game seven, I, I would say they might go to Graveman for one. But you have Presley. So I, I think it's going to have to be one of those situations where you end up you know, behind where you want it to be in terms of what pitcher you're going to. If you go to Presley earlier than you were hoping, then you might have to go to Graveman. I'm assuming he's going to be available here after at least a day off. It would have to be just one inning, but, but I'm interested to see how they how they manage it. I would say that it really lies on the shoulders of Luis Garcia. If Luis Garcia gives you four, high chance that we might see Graveman in the ninth. Uh, but if Luis Garcia gives you five or six, then they're in a very the Astros are in a very good spot there and I don't think it's crazy to say that Luis Garcia could give them five or six the way he's looked lately
0: I agree and Presley is another guy that they haven't used that much Ryan Presley and he's disgusting I mean we saw his curveball we talked about it in game four with the 3,387 rpm curveball that basically defies physics also, another guy we got a shout-out. Was Carlos Correa probably the MVP of this game? Yes. But who who stood out the most? Oh, I don't know. Plus 18,000 to win World Series MVP, Zach freaking Grinkey. Not only did he pinch-hit for the first time in the World Series, first time a pitcher has made a pinch-hit appearance since 1923, but in that appearance... He had the hardest hit ball that the Houston had that the Houston Astros had in the entire game, 105.3 miles an hour. He's currently hitting 6.67 with a 0.00 ERA. Aram is Zach Greinke your runaway World Series MVP right now?
1: <laughs> Come on! So if he goes one more, if he goes like one more outing, we get like a classic in Game Seven. He's a and he goes five shutout to the 14th inning. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. If he steals a base, <laughs> he is the MVP. If he, if he just you can get him there. a stolen base, at two it's six six seven zero zero. All right, come on. He might steal.
1: Okay, one thing about him, he is such a damn gamer. He is such
0: a gamer. He's so he, weird, bro. I
1: was I was thinking about it, bro. When they when they pinch hit Marwin Gonzalez for him, I was like, are we I was sure thinking Marlon- the same thing. <laughs> Sure, Marwin Gonzalez is better at this point. And Marwin had a great career. And I'm not, you know, not to slight Marwin. And he but did the job. He seen the ball well. Like, Granky's even his out was a hard hit ground ball up the middle. It was. He, he's hit the ball hard every single time. I swear, I would have rather Granky swing it and then have him go another inning because he was spectacular in that outing. I mean, he looked so good. And that was just really awesome to see Granky rise to the occasion there and and get outs and if the Astros somehow win this probably not the MVP but you know what he played a big part in it and I don't think anybody including the Vegas odds clearly were not factoring in Zach Granke to do much at all to help the Astros in this series and, and it turns out he's played a big
0: part absolutely played a big part let's talk about the rest of the series we're starting with game six just letting you guys all know If Game 7 were to happen and the Astros do win tonight, we'll see you the next day. We're going to preview Game 7, so stay tuned. But the Houston Astros are currently favorites. They jumped up to minus 120 on the money line versus the Atlanta Braves, who are plus 110, kicking off at 8.09 p.m. Eastern. For the Braves, we have Max Freed. Their best pitcher, maybe besides Charlie Morton, Hasn't been that great in the playoffs, but he had an amazing second half facing off again. Like you said, Luis Garcia, three, three zero ERA during the regular season, 24 year old rookie. And I'd like to just go over some pretty important stats. But before I do, before we break into the stats, your gut, how are you feeling?
1: You know, it's funny because my gut was that the Braves would just, get there and close it out. But then my baseball mind, I guess, as I start to think about the pitching matchup, I'm seeing Max Freed who got shelled in his last outing. And I see Luis Garcia who looks like he figured something out on the mound in his last two starts. We talked about what he did uh, in the last series to really help take it across the finish line against the Red Sox and how he looked like a different pitcher. And then he looked like that guy again. In Atlanta, in a tough environment, even when his command waned at times, still looked like that guy. The stuff played the same, and he was able to get out of some really tough jams and really tough spots that you don't imagine a rookie being able to get out of on that stage. That, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, yeah, just speaking about that rookie who touched ninety-seven point eight miles an hour during the regular season. He was ninety-three point three, and another very interesting. Stat to note, the Braves ranked 21st against fastballs and 27th against cutters on a per pitch basis since the trade deadline. Those are both two of Luis Garcia's most used pitches. And you talked about the whiff rates on the cutter. And if the fastball is nearing 98 miles an hour, and let's also note that Luis Garcia at home this season had a 2.39 ERA versus on the road. He had a 4 ERA. The rookie is obviously more comfortable at home in front of his home crowd. But the Braves are no slouches. So when you hear that, what comes out?
1: I think Luis Garcia is going to rise to the occasion. You know, I think Garcia is going to have a great outing. It's going to be a w- what happens afterwards. I don't love, and we'll get to Freed in a moment because I want to wrap up on Garcia too. Is You know, you talk about the v bump. His fastball during the regular season was his Achilles heel. Yeah. One blank was his Achilles heel. I mean, that thing got teed off on because it didn't have a good movement profile. Kind of straight. It was in the 93 range, like you mentioned. Opponents at 301 against it. Expected slugging of 499. But what he did now is he made those adjustments to those mechanics you see the momentum that he's trying to create with the rocking, the baby, all of the crazy movement that he does. He's 240 pounds. So he's generating all of this momentum and he's getting his body behind it. And he's found a way, excuse me, to really be able to tap into this extra velocity. And it's making that fastball, not a terrible pitch really. Like it's just that simple because his other pitchers are great. He had to be so perfect with it before. And he was so heavy on the secondary stuff. Now he's just going to the cutter. But he knows that the fastball works too.
0: He does know that the fastball works. I'm just – I know that he was also dealing with a knee thing. And it was funny that he was dealing with a knee injury and then came out and was throwing even harder. I know. So I think to myself, was that just an excuse they threw out too early? I, don't, I, 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 I was just curious how we can have knee problems extending off that leg, throwing harder. Just I wonder of- if it just – if it
1: just got him into like really focusing on the mechanics even more and just making sure he's, he's using every ounce of his body as much as he can to take the pressure off that knee. Maybe the mechanics were part of the reason his knee was like not getting better and not, and you know, kind of bothering him. It's really interesting. And that's something I can't wait to hear him talk about after, after the world series. But the reality is too now is that he's able to use his secondaries that are spectacular and he's able to set a baseline with the fastball now. Whereas before I felt like the secondaries were masking the fastball. It was like, let me hide this fastball that I have to throw still because everybody has to throw a fastball, but I want to avoid it as much as possible because the secondaries are my, are my bread and butter. Now the fastball works for him and you got to worry about a cutter that opponents at 175 against this year. And we, we've seen it. I mean, he he's Good. racked up like a 70% lift rate over the last two games uh, with that cutter. The slider is spectacular. The changeup has been pretty good. He even mixes in a curveball to lefties. And he can give you two different looks, which the lefties get the curveball and change-up. The righties get the cutter and slider. It's a miserable at-bat right now uh, against DeLuis Luis Garcia who can give you a bunch of different perspectives. And I, I think he's going to give this Braves team some issues, but how deep does he go? And can the Braves get to the bullpen? You mentioned some of the guys stepping up. They only got to get to one of those guys if Max Fried pitches well. But how confident are we that Max Freed pitches well?
0: Exactly. And we got to talk about Max Freed. But just a little tidbit before we move on against Luis Garcia. I like Freddie Freeman and Austin Riley both have big days. But those are the two best hitters in the Braves lineup against fastballs and against cutters. One more Braves guy to note, though, a guy who I'm not very confident in is Ozzie Albies. We've talked about him. The thing with Ozzie Albies is he's significantly better hitting from the right side. He had a 146 WRC plus from the right side in 2021 and 94 WRC plus left-handed. So he was 6% below league average as hitting left-handed, but he was 46% above league average when he hits right-handed and he's going to hit left-handed today against Luis Garcia. I'm interested not only to see that. how Ozzy Albies does.
1: Not only that, his his. Yeah, I'm 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 think I'm going to start like a, a. Remember when Facebook fan pages were a thing? Any any issue that was important to you, like stop clapping on airplanes, you can make <laughs> a group and a bunch of people who hate. No, you're
0: clapping. not even stop clapping. You're just stop telling me to enjoy it. Yeah, and don't tell me to enjoy it.
1: Like I would love to start a movement of just like Ozzy Albie's. Please stop switch hitting. Just hit righty because he is so much better from the right side. His exit velos are th- almost three miles per hour harder from the right side. The bat speed, eye test wise, is, is not even close. The bat is so much quicker from the right side. And what worries me, to piggyback off of what you're saying, is cutters in on the hand of a left-handed hitter who tends to drag the barrel sometimes compared to his right side. I think he's going to get jammed. I don't think he's going to be able to get that barrel out there. I think that Garcia is going to go right in on his hands. It's going to be a tough one for Albies. And, and this is probably his, his kryptonite type of matchup. I think I think you're right on with that.
0: So speaking about Max Freed, he's thrown 21.2 innings in the playoffs so far. He's allowed 26 hits and 13 earned runs to give him a 5-4-0 ERA. His last start, he threw five innings against the Ashers in game two, allowed seven hits and six earned while striking out six. It is important to note, Max Freed will be pitching on regular days rest. Last time he pitched was October 27th. Luis Garcia, last time he pitched, October 29th. It will not be regular rest for Luis. It will be regular rest for Max Freed. But the Astros are the best team in baseball against left-handed pitching during the regular season. They have ranked number one in four of the last five seasons in terms of WRC plus against lefties during the regular season. They've already beat up on Max Freed so you know where I'm going with this arm I'm feeling the over it's at eight and a half it's probably gonna go over but just before you touch on Max Fried a little bit the under is three and two in the series with an average of 7.6 runs scored per game
1: the thing that scares me about the over is that I could see Luis Garcia shove it I could see the Braves get getting in, in, in trouble um I I really think that the only way the Braves win this game is if Max Freed has one of those Max Freed outings that we saw early in the postseason and towards the end of of the regular season. And I don't know if that happens. I don't know if that happens. So it's going to be one of those where I might just go team total Astros, which is a little bit specific. And I know we like to go general over-unders. But with Freed, I just always feel like there's no in-between with him, especially now where you either get a dazzling start or he gets shelled. There's no six innings, three runs, or six Doesn't innings. Seem like it, At
0: least not recently. Maybe uh, yeah. in the second half of the regular season, but we just haven't seen that in the playoffs.
1: No, it's, there's been no in-between. And with him, his margin for error can get kind of thin because his fastball is pretty hittable as well. He's got a great curveball and a great slider, but when he's not locating both of those pitches, he gets into trouble. And that's exactly what happened last outing. I mean, he was able to get 13 whiffs, on the curveball and the slider. And he threw those two pitches both, each of them more. He threw the slider 26 times, curveball 26 times, and the fastball 21 times. So he's going to his, each of his breaking balls more than his fastball. You know, that to me is like, okay, you're going to have a small margin for error there because if you're not locating one of those breaking balls, I'm kind of tunneled in on one speed there as a hitter uh, because the fastball and the slider, the slider is a hard pitch. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. I, I just really think that this could be a tough one for Freed. He's really going to have to be able to locate his off speed, and I don't expect him to go deep into the game. I think third time around the lineup, even if he's doing well, they're going to pull him, especially with the way he goes up with his secondaries. It's going to be on the Braves bullpen to, to try to piece this one together, and that's why I think the Drew Smiley uh, three innings, or was it three or four innings that he picked three innings, up, which, yeah. was really big for them because. Luke Jackson and co are going to have to come up pretty big in this one. And whoever else is available. I just don't see Freed going deep, even if he does pitch well.
0: You know who I'd be afraid of on um, the Astros? Who? Jesse Chavez. <laughs> Jesse Chavez <laughs> is shoving right now. He hasn't a lot of run in this series. He just comes Man. in with his sunglasses, throwing, or goggles, whatever he's wearing, throwing 89 to 91. Everyone, every other pitcher in this series is trying to blow up by guys. Luis Garcia is touching new heights with his fastball just Chavez is like nah, I'll just chill. See if you can hit it. Yeah, it's similar just, to Arquidi. These are the guys who are working in these playoffs.
1: Arquidi, man. I mean, God, yeah. he's really just shoved it up My, you know what? I mean, it's great to see. I mean, see in relief too. He goes one inning in relief, and and I'm like, oh my God, they're using Arquidi in relief. Great. He was great. Uh, but I mean, yeah, the, you, you talk about it. They've just had so many guys step up Uh, and that's been really cool to see. And Mayton, especially Stanek. Stanek has been really good. It's been a really, really amazing performance. And they're kind of taking a page out of the Braves book underachieving bullpen from, for a lot of the season. Uh, obviously the Braves bullpen was much better in the second half, but then just kicks it in gear down the stretch here. And they, they've got a little bit of momentum. I know they're down, but they've got a little bit of momentum. They're back home. And, and I don't, care who you ask I think this starting pitcher matchup even though Freed's on full rest the way Garcia's looked the way Freed looked last outing it's got to be advantage Astros even on on a day shorter rest for Luis Garcia
0: and it's funny the home field advantage the Braves just lost their first game at home these playoffs a team has never gone 8-0 and in the playoffs at home never and now we still have nobody going 8-0 and but Ooh. when I'm talking about home field advantage the Astros, when they don't get a DH, they don't get to put on in DH and put Chas McCormick out in center field and make their entire outfield unit better defensively. They can't do that. The Braves have a great understanding of how to plug and play with the pitcher hitting ninth. But now you move to Houston. And I know the Braves get to put in another outfielder, but that's where the Astros are at their best in minute made when they're able to use the DH, put Chas McCormick out in center, hit Maldonado ninth. That's all. And another reason why I really like the over the Braves. I mean, in game five, talk about Freddie Freeman for a second, hitting the farthest home run in the playoffs this year, but they also were top. Let me see this. Let me count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Eight. They hit eight of the 10 hardest hit balls in game five. The <laughs> Braves' bats are still going to be here to stay. I think Luis Garcia could turn in a decent outing. I really don't think he's going to shove, though, mm-hmm. considering he's never shoved. Even the last time we faced the Braves on full rest, he didn't shove. Same matchup there. I think the Braves on the second time around can get to him again, but I also think that the Astros are going to score. I'm leaning over eight and a half, and I'm also leaning Astros. Well, you bring up a good
1: point with the DH because you know the way that the unders have hit the last couple of games with no DH, it makes a big difference. You know, I've talked to I've talked to big league pitchers about this, and they say just knowing you have that break at the nine spot because not only do you have the break at the nine spot, you can pitch around
0: in the eight spot. And Maldonado and, is supposed to be another break. Exactly. I mean, they hit him eighth, yeah. Granke,
1: or they hit him they hit him ninth. I mean, Granky hit eighth. <laughs>
0: Because yeah, Cranky that, that, is not
1: that great. That's everything you need to know. Uh, that, to me, definitely makes a difference. And I think any pitcher will tell you that. So it should be interesting to see how that plays. Also, getting Alvarez out of the outfield is definitely going to help this Astros team. I mean, we talked about it before the series. I thought he was going to make potentially a pivotal mistake. He hasn't been put in that position yet, but he did make a bad mistake. In the he last missed a game. couple cutoffs. And yeah, he made that throw over to third, allowed the runner to advance. I mean, you just, you can't blame him. He's never been out there. He only played 300 innings in the field during the regular season. So you, you look at what he did. I mean, he made a couple of bad mistakes. Those could have been game altering you know, faux pas at the end of the, at the end of the ball game there. So they get to get him out of the field. That's a huge bonus. You talk about the offensive boost. You talk about McCormick. I think that a lot of the things are trending towards the Astros, but the Braves only have to win one of two. And ultimately that is the the ultimate advantage, but that's not something that the Astros aren't able to overcome clearly. And let's be real, like Correa said, teams don't come back from 3-1 often, but if there's a team that can come back from 3-1, it's a team full of guys that have been here before, that have already won the World Series, and that are already among some of the leaders all time in cumulative postseason stats. These guys aren't blinking. They're not worried. And now they're back home and they're comfortable. I mean, speaking
0: exactly to that point, Arm. Imagine you're a team. You go down 4-0 in Game Five after losing two games on the road. Did the Astros panic? Not even a little bit. They've been there before. If they're down, don't count them out. If they're ahead, don't think that they're a team that can blow it. The Braves, I don't, I can't call them that. They just haven't had the experience. Not their they're not fault. Sport. They're, they're not a team of sports. destiny. But yeah, exactly. Like, we know what happened to Atlanta sports teams. Is that fair (laughs) to just put on the Braves? No, not at all. The Braves can easily win this series. They have the starting pitching advantage, and that's the biggest advantage in baseball. You have Max Freed, who is an ace in this league. Then you have this. I mean, one of the best postseason pitchers we're starting to see, really, in Ian Anderson going game seven. I feel more comfortable up 3-2 with my two best starters Go in Game Six and Game Seven, even though I'm on the road, rather than the Astros down three-two with the likes of Luis Garcia, maybe a Zach Grinky, Jose Arquidi. You can't pitch Framber anymore unless they, for some reason, throw him in a Game Seven. I don't know why they would. They have plenty of bullpen, and but I, I don't think we'll see any more Framber. I feel more comfortable if I'm the Braves, but I have a feeling the Astros are going to win the World Series. Are <laughs> wow.
1: Wow, I feel like we just did a full lap around around every possible scenario. I I feel very similar with a lot of those notions. I think the thing is, is you have a Braves team that at the end of the day they have the advantage. Like you said, you got you got Freed, who I still think the pitching matchup is advantage Garcia if he's able to rise to the occasion on you know short rest. But then you have Ian Anderson going game seven, who's been just nothing shy of spectacular. And the Astros, who would have been all hands on deck, presumably, unless they blow out the Braves in game six, will be pretty taxed bullpen wise because you're just trying to get to the next day. They're going to have to try to piece it together in game seven while the Braves have their guy going in game seven. At this point, you know, no Morton Ian Anderson's your game seven guy, no doubt about it. You don't even have to think. So with what he's been able to do, I think that the Astros have a lot of life. They're not your typical team down three, two. They scare me more than almost any other team down three, two, but they're still down three, two.
0: They're still down three, two.
1: I would, I, I feel like it's Braves in seven. I really do. And I think that the Astros are going to be able to squeeze one out. And I think if it goes to game seven, anything can happen, but I would really think it's advantage Braves at that point, especially with Anderson on the bump. So the Braves have two shots. You don't want it to go to game seven because anything can happen. We talk about one game playoffs but I think that the Astros have enough going for them to steal one. And then Braves take care of business in game seven, which would be an ideal scenario. That'd be so much fun.
0: I really hope it does go to seven. So then we'll see it tomorrow, but we'll probably see it tomorrow regardless, but I hope we can talk about the world series on tomorrow's, Podcast. Yeah,
1: I'm not ready for offseason mode. I'm not ready for you to tell me all the guys that need to go to the Yankees. I'm not ready. No, for that.
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't need to tell you that the Yankees just signed Carlos Gray, Corey Seeger, and Trevor Story, and that's their new infield next year. But month. I just wrote my betting preview on baseball.com Go check it out. My final pick. Right now, we're recording it Monday. Still, I'm leaning Astros in the over, but you'll see if you look at the article. Keep us updated. Keep yourself updated on TikTok and Instagram at justbaseballfans.
1: Yeah, I would say you have one more sleep to have the, the voices come to you and the visions come to you before you make your final choice. But also, I just put out the Detroit Tigers top 10 prospects. So for my prospect people out there, uh, spend some time on those write-ups.
0: Really good system. Obviously, Oil Riley too. You've done a ton.
1: Yeah, we're, we're cruising through. Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, Dylan Dingler. But it, there's a lot more talent beyond that. So if you like the prospect stuff, keep an eye out. I'm putting out at least one top 10 list every week trying to get towards two every week for all 30 teams. And uh, we've already turned along. I mean, we're about six in, six deep. So it's been a lot of fun. But I'll let you get back to the outro. I had to just tease that one thing.
0: No, you got to tease that. And you got also got to tease, you're coming out with some free agent predictions as well. Maybe an yeah. Castellanos. You know, I already saw a Starling Marte article written by Ryan Finkelstein, our boy. We're cooking. It's going to be a good, dude,
1: this is a good free agent class. This is one of the really? best shortstop free agent classes we've ever seen. Starting pitching. Uh, there's pitching. There's young players that, you know, are, are still in their prime. It's going to be really fun predicting where these guys are going to go. And, and we'll have you every step of the way at JustBaseball.com.
0: Go not only JustBaseball.com. We are also streaming on Twitch Wednesday and Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, go check out our Discord. We also started just Gridiron fans. Yeah, just baseball boys have dipped their toes into football. Go check it out, just Gridiron fans on TikTok. You dipped also, your whole leg
1: in, bro. You dipped your whole leg in. There's like thirty thousand followers on there now. We there, did,
0: we did grow twenty five thousand in a day, which was pretty nuts. I mean, I did, I was on an absolute heater. Yeah, I mean, you're on a heater. Be Jets awesome. plus eleven. I mean, I'm twelve and two. In my life, but we got Chiefs tonight, so we'll see. Oh yeah, we'll see. It'll be fun. Patrick Mahomes, you better show up. But We got game six tonight, game seven if necessary. That's Arm. I'm Peter. Thank you, everybody.